0: Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by Lent? You know, Lent is around the corner and you're thinking, oh, shoot, I got to come up with something. What am I going to do this year? I need something really good. And You know, maybe you go online, you go on social media, Instagram, and you see what everyone else is doing and you compare yourself, that's not really helpful and you feel a little discouraged or you're you're looking for ideas and you find, you know, here's 21 and a half creative ideas to live Lent like never before, or here are 10 crafts you can do with your kids at home, or here's 16 recipes for foods that go along with the season of Lent, you know, uh, you ever see things like this, you know, where they they they're like, do these three things and you'll have the most amazing Lent ever. Now, those can be fun. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've gone on these and you know, looked for these things, ideas for the home, ideas for myself, and they can inspire us. But I want us to be careful because sometimes we could look at all of these outward things related to Lent and miss the inner heart. We could begin to look at Lent as more about, you know, the tasks that we do. I did these things at home with my kids. I did these things in my parish. I did these things in my daily life whether it's, you know, there's some new devotion I cultivate in Lent, or I'm going to read this spiritual book in Lent, or I'm going to do this new pious practice, or I'm going to do these daily reflections. And again, those can be really good And, and enrich our spiritual life. We just want to make sure we're not focused on those things themselves. We want to look at what those things are meant to do. What are those books and devotions and pious practices meant to do on the inside? Many times when I see things out there in the world today in the Catholic world about Lent and how they advertise Lent and promote Lenten ideas, it, it tends to focus a lot on our experience. Our, what, what is my experience of Lent going to be? Did I like it? You know, is this enjoyable? Am I going to get a lot out of it? And, and again, I hope we enjoy certain parts of Lent and we do get things out of it, but that's not the primary reason we do these devotions and make these sacrifices. Or sometimes we go after something, it's going to be really hard, it's going to stretch me and, you know, but I did it, I did it, I accomplished something for God and, and, I, and I feel good about myself and it, it reminds me of, maybe you're familiar with that the wonderful group, Exodus 90, that encourages men to do 90 days of intense fasting from various things, they'll do, they'll take cold showers, they'll fast from screens, they'll do daily prayer for 90 days in a row and I've met many college students, for example, that'll go after this for 90 days together and, and it's really awesome. But I've heard stories of sometimes those men who, you know, maybe for 90 days, they did 90 days of prayer and they never really had a prayer life before. And then they're like, I can't wait till you get to day 90. And then, you know, day 91, oh, good. you know, or maybe day 100, 120, you know, a couple of weeks later, they, they lose the habit and they stop praying every day or they they fast, they fast from screens. We're not going to watch sports. We're not going to watch movies and Netflix. And they do it for 90 days. And then, you know, in day 91, it's like, oh they binge watch and they watch sports all day long, ESPN nonstop. Or they just binge watch on, on Netflix, you know, catching up on all the shows they missed the last 90 days. I've heard of people that do this. I know that's, of course, not what Exodus 90 wants. They want to build a habit. That's what it's meant for. It's meant to cultivate something, an interior change. That's the question I want us to think about here is not just what we're going to do, but who are we going to become this Lent? What is God inviting us to? Not to accomplish, not to, to fulfill. No, no, no. It's, it's more, who is Jesus inviting me to become this Lent? How am I going to be changed? How will I be different? It reminds me of what the prophet Joel said in Joel chapter 2, verse 13. It's actually one of the readings we have at Mass early on in Lent. Rend your heart, not your garments. Rend your heart, not your garments. I think too often we look at the at Lent and all of our devotions and practices in terms of the outward garments. It's like I, I put this on, you know. I I did this fasting, I did this prayer, I did this program. I, I I focus on the outward garment. But what God wants us to do is rend our hearts. He wants our hearts to be changed. So this Lent, give not just a devotion, a sacrifice, a pious practice, a certain fast no give yourself give your heart and how we do that is so important there's a traditional practice of lent that doesn't get talked about as much today and i want us to to bring out this this traditional understanding many of the saints this is how they saw lent and, and i want us to look at that and that's what we're going to look at in this week's podcast so welcome to all things catholic i'm your host edwards 3 and you know this this show we're going to be talking about you know the, some of the traditional practices of Lent that we always have to have. We always need prayer, fasting, almsgiving. My spiritual director sums it up very simply. We need to do some kind of prayer, some kind of devotion, something positive that we do extra for God every Lent. And and then we're doing some kind of fasting, some kind of sacrifice, some kind of penance, some kind of mortification where we're giving up something. And and that's really crucial that we do that. But today I want us to make sure we are looking at our prayers and devotions and our fasting and our sacrifices, not in terms of the outward garment, but as the prophet Joel says, how it's meant to change our hearts because that's the goal of, of the spiritual life. This is what God wants to do in our hearts. He doesn't want us just to perform certain good spiritual tasks for him. He wants to change us. He wants us to become more and more like him. And one of the great traditional practices of Lent is to go after a certain weakness in our lives, or what spiritual writers even call a, a, a character defect. And we don't like that language today. Wait, I have a defect in my character? Well, let me just tell you, I've got countless defects in my character. I know that. And let's not be ashamed of that. We all are affected by original sin. We all have deep, deep wounds and weaknesses and sins and bad habits, vices, we call them. It's it's there. and And God loves us because he knows that we're Capable of so much more, and he wants to give us his grace to help us overcome those things. We can't do it on our own, but this is something we should do throughout the year and throughout our lives. But Lent is a time to concentrate, it's a great gift the church gives us. And yes, we're going to do prayers, we're going to do fasting, we're going to do almsgiving and care for the poor in in this season. But let's look at those things and how they are oriented toward a certain change in our character that we become more like Jesus at the end of this Lent. Not just, I read that book. I did those daily devotions for 40 days. I fasted from this thing for 40 days. That's all good. But those are the garments of Lent. Let's get to the heart of Lent. God wants our hearts. So let me ask you, what do you think God is inviting you to work on in your life? What's that certain weakness, that certain struggle that just comes up and you know, it's affecting you. It's affecting your relationship with God. It affects your inability to love the people around you to the best you could. You do love the people around you, but you'd love them more if you didn't have this certain weakness. You'd be better a better friend. You'd be a better parishioner, a better coworker. You'd be a better spouse. If, if this weakness were, were healed, the, the relationship with your spouse would be so much better. The relationship with your kids, your home environment would be just a little bit better. If this weakness didn't weigh it down, what is what is that character flaw, that struggle, that weakness, that sin even, that's, that's holding you back? For example, do you struggle with vanity? You know, maybe people think, oh, I don't, I don't know if I really struggle with vanity. But what is vanity? Vanity is when we're too concerned about how other people view us or too worried about what other people think of us. We are seeking the praise, the attention of the people of this world instead of seeking God's honor. (laughs) I want God and the angels and the saints. And I I care about how they view me, but I'm so overly worried about how people think of me and and I, I find myself doing things and saying things to draw attention to myself. I walk away from conversations wondering, oh, did I leave a good impression? Do I struggle with vanity? Maybe, maybe this Lent I'm gonna intentionally do things in my friendship group or with my colleagues at work or my friends at the parish. I'm going to do things not to draw attention to myself. I'm going to let others speak before I do. Not that I'm not going to talk, but when, when conversation is happening, I'm going to let others talk first because I know I tend to dominate conversations. I'm vain. Or I'm going to ask others questions. How, how are you doing? Or what did you think of what the boss said today? Or what did you think of what the pastor said today? You know, in whatever setting you may ask questions, but you're not going to like dominate and share your opinion all the time. Maybe there's some intentional things God wants you to do to go after your vanity, or maybe there's a certain envy you have in your heart. There's a certain person that you're competitive with, a certain friend, it could be a family member, it could be a colleague at work, it could be someone in your your Catholic community, and you're always comparing yourself to them. And you notice that they sometimes get noticed and you don't get noticed. They get recognition and you don't get the recognition. The boss sees what they're doing, but doesn't always see what you're doing, and you're envious. And you notice that there. And there's a part of you that doesn't like that person. Maybe this Lent, Jesus is inviting you to respond with love, and you're gonna go after that envy. You're gonna pray for that person. You're gonna pray for blessings in their life. You're gonna pray for their success. Maybe pray the litany of humility for, you know, for yourself, but bring them into it. You know, the, the beautiful prayer, look it up online. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes if we can as well. It's a beautiful, beautiful prayer, litany of humility. You can actually pray that this other person, maybe even by name, I pray that Sally is noticed and I'm un, and I'm not noticed. I pray that Sally succeeds and I don't succeed. You know, I, I pray that, you know, Sally's honored and, and I'm not honored. So you can actually pray for them. That's That, that is really hard. But my friends, those kinds of acts in our heart where we're going against our natural inclination to want to, to draw attention to ourselves in vanity or to, I'm going to tend to be envious and I'm going to stew over something and worry about this other person in, in, in my envy. When we go against those things, we are rending our hearts. We're not just putting on the garment of Lent. This is the heart of Lent right here. It's not just what we do, but who we become. And I'm going to, am I going to become a less envious person this Lent and a less vain person this Lent or a less anxious person this Lent? Maybe I struggle with anxiety. I'm always worried about the future and, and I lose my interior peace. I'm always worried about what's going to happen. What if this happens? And oh my goodness. And, I, and, and I'm just always running through these different scenarios in my head and I'm anxious. That's not from God. Jesus says, do not be anxious. Many times the New Testament talks about anxiety as a sin, as a weakness. And maybe God's inviting me to go after that. Now, what does St. Thomas Aquinas say? Like, how do I go after anxious? You know, how do I, I struggle with anxiety? And, you know, what do I need to do? Well, I need to trust in God's providence more. So maybe this Lent, when I notice my mind wandering and I'm starting to look ahead and, and I'm anxious about what might happen what might happen with my child? What might happen with my job? What might happen in this relationship? And I find myself getting anxious. I'm not going to let myself live in the future. I'm going to focus on the present moment. And maybe I I just say a prayer like Jesus, I trust in you like from the divine mercy chaplet or the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I just take that line from the Psalms. It says, Lord, you're my shepherd. I know I'm not going to want. And I convince myself. I just remind myself that, okay, yeah, I'm a little worried about what's happening here and what, what might happen in the future. I see some things unfolding, and the devil does it. He allows us to see certain things, but he doesn't allow us to see the full future. So he's noticed certain things and we start putting things together. Oh no, what if this happens? I get so anxious and I'm worried. And I'm so distracted from what I need to, need to be doing right now. I'm so distracted from the person right in front of me. I'm so distracted from the task I need to be accomplishing right now. I'm distracted from living in the present moment. God does not want the devil to take away our peace. Maybe this is the Lent. I'm going to go after this a little bit more. And Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas says, it's it's trust in God's providence. That's the key that we need to overcome our anxiety. And maybe this Lent, I'm just going to trust in God, to trust that no matter what happens here, God's in charge. And I trust that God's going to take care of me. And one thing I've found super helpful, I'm so thankful to Our Lady. She's so, the Blessed Virgin Mary is so good. and, And I know she loves us so much and she cares for us so much as a spiritual mother would, that when I find something that I can get worried about, I, I I put I put it in her hands, and I'll just stop what I'm doing. I'll say I'm a mamarari, and I'll just say, "Mary, here. I I I don't want to be anxious about this. I'm going to put this in your hands, and I trust it's all going to work out for good. It might not be what I want. It might be hard for me, but I trust that even even if it is going to be hard for me, it'll there'll be some good in it for me. You know, the, God will give me the grace to help me through that, and I'll learn certain things through it. This this it's so funny. I'll just share this story. This just happened last night. So all the kids are all in our room. I mean, it's like our teenagers, our young kids, everyone's asking a million questions all at once and whether about school or what's happening on the weekend or something with their phone or, you know, so all these things happening and, and then all of a sudden, so I wasn't needed anymore, but I, you know, they're all in the room. They're all talking. I just, there was something in the background of my mind that I was, I can tell, I'm going to start to get worrying about this. I'm going to start getting anxious about this. I don't want that. So all of a sudden, in, in, in the, in the, everyone just stopped and looked at me, but I just knelt down in front of this Mary statue in the side of the room. And I just said a little memorari, and I just said, Mary, I'm just going to give this to you. And everyone's looking at me, what is dad doing? <laughs> and I wasn't trying to draw attention to myself. It's just, I just, I knew I needed to like, just nip this in the bud, put it in our lady's hand or else I, I know myself, I could start getting anxious about it. And, and, but I think that's something we can do. Is maybe maybe this Lent I just say that when when I notice that I'm starting to worry about something, I'm going to put it in Mary's hands. Maybe you struggle with lust. You know, you you don't you know commit adultery. Maybe you're not you know in mortal sin in the matters of lust, but you do have these glances, the way you look at the opposite sex, and you notice them when you're at the mall or you're traveling or you're in the office, and you know maybe maybe you have these thoughts again, not mortal sin, but they're little. Defects, little vices, that keep us from having the interior peace in our hearts, and and especially if, if someone's married, you should be giving your heart wholly to your spouse, you know. And you're, you're divided when you're looking lustfully at someone else. And maybe this Lent, God's inviting you, and you've known this for a while. You've been kind of making excuses for yourself, saying, "Oh, it's not that big of a deal. I can look. I just can't touch. You know, I, I'm not sinning here." No, no, no. It is. It is a weakness. And in some cases, it is a sin if it's something we're doing a lot and it's distracting us. God doesn't want us to have the devil's hold on our heart because we can commit adultery in our heart. Let's give our hearts to God, a pure heart. Let's honor our brothers and sisters and not look at them lustfully. And especially for those in the vocation of marriage, we want to give our hearts to our spouse. Maybe this is the Lent God's inviting you to really go after this. Or maybe you struggle with courage. You know, it's hard for you to have difficult conversations with people. You're you're afraid to just speak the truth, to be honest with them and tell them this is what's really going on and I need to make a change. So maybe there's someone in the office place, you know, that you, you, you supervise and they're not doing a good job and you're, you've been kind of like dancing around the topic, but you don't just address it head on because you lack courage. You're afraid of what they're going to think of you. Or maybe there's a colleague in the office place. Or a colleague at your parish or you know, a fellow parishioner, somebody in your community that's doing something that's it's not good, it needs to be addressed, not necessarily sinful, but it's not like they're not following the right process or it's causing problems for other people, but you're afraid to say something because you're afraid of what they're going to think of you. Or maybe you need, to, you need to have a conversation with someone that's very close to you, a dear friend for many years, but you don't ever bring up anything of the faith you don't ever bring up any moral issues with this person maybe this lent god's inviting you to have more courage to speak the truth or maybe you're just a parent in the home and you and you don't discipline your kids enough you're afraid to have the hard conversations with them to call them on things if out of love because you love them and you want to train them you want them to have the interior freedom the virtue to live a good life but if you don't discipline your young children or your preteens or your teenagers You're actually doing them a great disservice. You're hurting them. And it's your lack of courage that is hurting your own child because you won't have the hard conversations and call them to a higher standard and to virtue. The Bible is filled with so many examples of parents that saw their children doing things that were wrong, but didn't do anything. They just, they kind of complained about it. They talked about it. They said, oh, why are you doing this? Whether it's David or Samson's parents, Uh, you see this over and over again, many parents saw that their children were, were going in a wrong direction, but they lacked courage to spiritually lead them. Maybe this is the Lent. God is calling you to be a courageous parent and love your children at a whole higher level by disciplining them, by calling them out on what they need to be called out on. Maybe you're too self-centered and you always just like want to do what you want all the time. Maybe this is the Lent that God's inviting you to, to be more generous And give in to other people's preferences. Some of the family's deciding what movie we're gonna watch or what restaurant we're gonna go to, what we're gonna do this weekend. You always like to be the one to to shape that. And maybe you know, you're like, you know what, this lent, I'm gonna let the family decide. I'm going, let everybody, I'm going to let my spouse decide and let the kids decide, uh, you know, as long as it's something reasonable, you know, within the budget and, you know, moral and all that, of course, right? Same thing with your friend groups or, you know, the people you hang out with with your friends. Maybe this is the lunch you just say, okay, I use, I'm, I'm the choleric one. I'm the type A personality. I tend to lead the team and where we're going and our friend group at all. Maybe this Lent, I'm just going to let everybody else decide and I'm going to go watch that movie I don't want to watch. So if it's a bad movie, immoral movie, don't watch it. But, you know, it's like, oh, I don't really like those kinds of movies, but it's not a bad movie. I'll go along with it for the sake of everyone else. These little acts of self-denial are so beautiful. This, this, this is what the angels rejoice in the most in Lent, not, hey, I read this book and I did these daily devotions. I mean, those are good too. Don't get me wrong. Those are those are important, but they're meant to lead us to this interior change. Let's give God not just our garments of Lent, but our hearts. Rend your heart, not your garments. Gratitude. Maybe you don't you don't thank people enough. You don't express appreciation enough. You tend to just complain about things or you know, you take people for granted. Maybe this is the lent God is calling you to go out and express gratitude, especially in, in a marriage. Many times in a marriage we we can complain. We have those, you know, thoughts of, oh, why is this person doing this? And we criticize or we ask, or can you do this? And maybe we need to this lent honor our spouse more. That's what we're gonna go after. Whatever it is. So here are five practical ways we can put this into practice, this Lent, to rend our hearts, not just our garments. First, pray about what God wants you to work on this Lent. Don't just go at it, oh, here's the thing I think I want to work on. That's good. Maybe, maybe that's what God wants you to do, but take it to the Lord. Spend some time in prayer. Ask Jesus. He knows. He knows more than we know. What's the character flaw, the weakness we need to work on the most right now? So ask the Lord for it and then ask him for the grace to help you. So that's the first point. Talk to Jesus about it. Secondly, when you, when you discern this with Jesus, state your intention, you know, make a firm resolution, maybe even write it out. So it's not just a vague thing. Just say, I will not give in to envy this Lent. I'm going to pray for that person, whatever her, his name is. I'm going to, I'm going to praise that person with my friends. I'm not going to speak negatively about them. I'm going to go after my envy so write it out make it specific whatever that particular weakness is so state your intention make a firm resolution and you could you could write it out thirdly begin each day on your knees begging god to help you live out your resolution i think that that's a very important thing so whether you do your morning prayer in a chapel or at home start the day and beg god to help you because if these are real character flaws if they're weaknesses this is not going to be easy this is going to be really hard this is going to be a spiritual battle and, and, and we need God's help. We can't do this on our own. This isn't about, oh, I've got this plan and I'm gonna just, you know, will it. I'm just gonna really fight hard and, you know, I'm gonna overcome this sin. No, no, we just need to know we can't do this on our own, Jesus. I need you. I think about the leper going to Jesus, that leper begging, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Be like that leper. Go to Jesus, beg him. Lord, I, I, I've struggled with this weakness, this for sin for many years. It's deep-rooted in me. I can't do this. I beg you, if it's your will, Make me clean. And then fourthly, when the situation arises where you're going to be tested, you, follow, you notice you're getting anxious, or you're tempted to dominate the conversation, or you, you're wanting to decide what we're going to do, and, and, and you go, no, no, I made that resolution. That's, this is the moment of decision. Things are going to arise in length. They're going to test your resolve. Remain faithful to your decision, to your commitment. And then finally, and most importantly, when you fail remember the father's mercy notice i didn't say if you fail i said when you fail because i we're all human and if we're going after a real deep rooted weakness in us we're not going to make it through lent as the immaculate conception like mary perfect you know we're going to struggle and to not beat yourself up to know that this is a part of the process so when you fall just get up again and try again and trust in the father's mercy. I think about like when a child's learning to walk. It's always so fun in the sweet household. We have, you know, all the different kids have learned how to walk. And when they're coming towards you and they, your arms are open wide to receive the child as they're walking towards you, imagine your toddler coming toward you. And then all of a sudden the toddler falls and just stumbles. What's the father going to do? Is, is the father going to start yelling at the child? Oh, you stink. Why did you fall? You're, you're such a failure. No, no, no. The father you know, reaches out and tries to help the child back up again. That's what this process is about. So just anticipate you're going to make mistakes. It's not going to be perfect, but hopefully like that toddler, you're going to learn how to take a few more steps in a row, and then a few more steps in a row, and eventually you'll learn to walk with God more fully in this particular area of your life. Finally, remember, and this could be the last point here. Here's the, the most important thing, is that this isn't about self-will. This isn't about like, I'm just going to will it. This is a determined will. You're determined and, you, and you're and you just never going to give up. Like that child, that toddler, every time you fall, you're just going to keep, keep getting up and trying. That's what toddlers do. And we're little toddlers walking toward our heavenly father where we're walking toward him. And we're going to stumble many, many times as we learn to walk. And many times, you know, the father will reach out and hold the toddler's hands for a little bit. It's kind of like the training wheels for learning how to walk. And then maybe the father, let's go with one hand and they walk a little bit further and then eventually let's go with both hands. But here's the key. We have to learn to rely on God. God's hands are always reaching out to us. It's not about us. It's learning to rely on God's grace. And if we know ourselves well, we're going to know that we can't change ourselves. Only God can change us. I need to rely on him. I need to rely on his grace, his spirit changing my heart. It's, it's ultimately him. He's the one teaching us to walk. It's not just me figuring it out on my own and willing it. It's all on grace. We're relying on God's grace. So my friends, I hope this inspires you for Lent. Let's all come up with our, you know, what's the one area Jesus is inviting me to zoom in on and rely on his grace to change us. So at the end of Lent, we don't just accomplish certain tasks for Jesus. We become something, someone different for Jesus. We become more generous, more at peace, more humble, less envious, more pure, more courageous, more grateful, that something in us has become changed. Let us rend our hearts for Jesus, not just the garments of Lent. Thanks so much for listening. This is the All Things Catholic Show with Edward Three. And if you ever want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, as well as my website, Edwards3.com. That's edwardsri.com.